Whitney. Hi, Carly. You know, it was a night like this 40 million years ago. I lit a cigarette, picked up a monkey skull to go. The sun was spitting fire. The sky blue as ice. And I'm a little tired. So I watched Miami Vice. Then you know what I did? No. I walked the dinosaur. I walked the dinosaur. Open the door, get on the floor. Everybody walk the dinosaur. Open the door, get on the floor. Everybody walk the dinosaur. Boom, boom, akalaka-laka, boom. Boom, boom, akalaka, boom, boom. No. Boom, boom, akalaka-laka, boom. Boom, boom, akalaka, boom, boom. Even Knox is judging boom. you? Akalaka-laka, boom. No. Boom? No. Alright. At first I thought you were going to tell me about Indiana Jones because I've never seen that movie. Is there a monkey skull in that? Oh, so they eat monkey brains in that one. Ew. Yeah. Such a good, oh my god, that movie is so good. All of them. Well, not the last one with the crystal skull. That got a little weird. I don't think I've seen any of them ever. Oh, I know what we're doing. Marathon night. I'll talk through it. Yeah, you will. You'll just Google the ending. Or just Google monkey brain scene. No! <laughs> <laughs> it's truly horrifying. I would never eat monkey brains. I don't recommend it. No. Brains in general. I wouldn't really. No. Anyway. Uh, that's Whitney. And I'm Carly. And this is Humans in Their Natural Habitat podcast. Thanks yes. for listening. <laughs> <laughs> so I think we need to address the elephant in the room. The brachiosaurus in the room. Or the brachiosaurus in the room, and thank you for not saying brontosaurus. But if you haven't noticed, guys, we're poor. We're poor zookeepers. I feel like we've said it over and over again, right? Yeah. So um, when you're poor, poor zookeepers, zookeepers so. that want to set up a podcast, you can't afford all that fancy listening um, studio uh, sound shit, and uh, you do what you can do, and you learn as you go. And I know in this last episode episode um, coming up it's a little little dicey with the sound I'm really loud I'm sorry I'm little and loud right Whitney that's correct just way too loud in, in fact, fact that was one of the reasons you didn't like me at first right no too happy oh right still don't like that don't do you no okay <laughs> great anyway so bear with us um we're getting there yeah we officially have two microphones so hopefully this is working. Yeah, I just went to take a drink of coffee and I was like, nope, I don't want them listening to me swallow. Oh, you don't like when people hear that? No, I don't like when you judge me for that. <laughs> and we also want to apologize. This is our second time recording this. Due to those previously mentioned sound quality issues, our episode is up late because the intro sounded like garbage and we needed to re-record it. So hopefully this is working better now with the two microphones. Hopefully you can hear our wonderful, beautiful voices so much more clearly. Um, Turtle also did check uh, this equipment this time. So she ensured that everything was working a lot better than it was before. So issue all complaints to Turtle. No, no, don't complain to Turtle. Oh my gosh. She won't care. Sweet 16 party coming up in two weeks. I'm so excited. More so than she is because she doesn't really understand or know. No. But it's going to be a bash. Knox is excited. Yes. He's going to pick out his uh, proper collar to wear. Good. It is Little Miss Sweet 16. 
to be incredibly loud. <laughs> well, at least it was appropriate. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. So, um, yeah, her birthday party's coming up, all outside vaccinated um, puppies and humans. Well, not vaccinated puppies. Well, yeah, vaccinated for, like, rabies and shit, but, you know. We'll talk more about it, I'm sure, because I can't stop talking about it. It's true. Yeah. Anything you want to talk about? Works good. Everything good. Or with some dinosaurs. Yeah. Yeah. A whole aviary or two full of them. I know. They're so awesome. Yeah. I remember that this is the episode where you find out about Carly's deep dark secret about her utter dinosaur nerddom. Well, yeah. I didn't think there's anything wrong with that. No, there's nothing wrong. I just don't know if everyone knows that about you. I don't know if they know how much you love dinosaurs and more specifically how much you love mega fauna of the Pleistocene epic. Oh my god. Specifically. You said it right. I love it. I love mega fauna of the Pleistocene epic. They're my favorite. Love them. Which maybe we'll talk about those some All other the time. time. Oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. You were saying. Yes. Some other time, not all the time. Yes. But no, I learned a lot about dinosaurs in this episode. I think it's great for people that maybe know some about them to understand fully what Chris and Carly are talking about. Or for those of you that know nothing about dinosaurs, more like me, to learn some cool stuff, ask some questions that may or may not have been relevant, ask a completely wrong question that then turns into a good talk about something that wasn't what you meant to even ask about. Stay tuned if that happens. <laughs> yeah, we kind of went um, outside of the box with this one. So we are going to be talking about avian and non-avian dinosaurs. dinosaurs. So, so kind of a broad topic, but we're, you know, seeing how everything evolved, talking about how yeah, dinosaurs both. still exist. Exist, not exist. They still exist. They exist because they're birds. Yes, all birds. All birds. Not just the scary looking ones like ostrich and cassowary. Right. It's called evolution. It's, it's called, called chickens are highly advanced killing machines. How the hell did a brachiosaurus turn into, evolve, not turn into, <laughs> evolve into, let's say, a hummingbird? It didn't. That's not how it works. But how cute would it be if sauropods had wings? Not that it would ever work because... They weigh tons. I was thinking how cute would it be if hummingbirds had really long necks. Oh no, that'd be terrifying. <laughs> but just, like, peck everywhere. But a sauropod with these little wings that could do anything? Yeah, know? that'd be cute. Yeah. It's so dumb. We're so dumb. I'm so dumb. I shouldn't include you and stuff. That... Speak for yourself. Right. Yeah, so, so if you want to keep listening past the sound quality issues, if you can bear it, please do. Check us out on the Instagram. Instagram. It's H I T N H podcast, podcast at Instagram. Hidden H podcast. I don't know what <laughs> hidden H means. What could H stand for? Humans. Hippopotamus. It stands. Never for hit a hippopotamus. Don't get close <laughs> enough to hit a hippopotamus. No. Come check us out though. We post pictures. Carly takes pictures with a nice camera. Sometimes. Um, sometimes it's just pictures of us with animals. Sometimes it's random little memes. You know, it's kind of a mixed grab bag. So come check it out. Yeah, and Whitney's going crazy over the Twitter. 
Nope. 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 Wrong one. I'm so old. Um, not as old as our guests, but I am old. Not Twitter. It is... Try again. Search Starts with a G. TikTok. Yeah. TikTok. So she's all about the TikTok and they're fun. Trying my hand at that as well. Just cute little animal videos to music, you know. Yeah, Animals are cute. cute. Sometimes I do a reel and mess it up big time. That's on Instagram. That's not the same. But yeah, I know, but I, I try. <laughs> like, there's a reason she does the social media and I don't. There is. But, but come, come check us out. Same. same username on both platforms. Give us any feedback if there's anything you'd like us to post more pictures of. You know, we are respectful of our place of employment, though. We're not going to post any behind-the-scenes stuff, stuff that's, that's not, not authorized. Right. So, still cute videos. We're able to get closer to some of the animals. We have a little bit more of a relationship, so we're kind of lucky to get to see some of the cute stuff. Right. And thanks for our dedicated uh, three fans. I want to give a shout-out, because I always like to to Dusty. Zach and Tatiana. Yep. <laughs> Shantae listens too. Oh, Shantae! Yeah. Oh, I love her too. She's got great hair. She does have nice hair. Oh my god. Just you guys so will meet her soon. Uh, yeah, and Tatiana. Tati and Shantae spell a little strange. I need to stop. Okay, so on to the episode. Thanks, bye! Hey, this is Whitney, just quickly jumping in with a disclaimer. As always, the opinions expressed by ourselves and our guests belong to us and us alone. They do not reflect any of the opinions of our current or previous institutions and places of employment. Thanks so much for listening and on to the episode. We have Chris back for our mini episode to talk about avian and non-avian dinosaurs. Yay, thanks again for having me back, guys. Before. Yeah, back. Yeah, yeah. Back yeah totally back. different back. day. We're oh, yeah. not doing yeah, back to back. That doesn't make sense. Yeah, absolutely. With that, a lot of Well, I had to get the practice of the whole avian and non-avian right. Yeah. So when we say avian and non-avian dinosaurs, what are we actually saying? What we're talking about the idea is the evidence really does point that um, modern birds are advanced dinosaurs, not. Related, not maybe like them, but they really are the advanced version of the dinosaurs that sort of survived the extinction event that occurred. Um, there is, it's, that's been an idea that's been out there for a very long time, but it, as we said, with any science, you get more and more evidence and you interpret and you get to get a better picture. And with birds, it really is the theropods are meeting dinosaurs, the more advanced ones. They had hollow bones, just like our modern birds. They had a lot of the same features. So for a long time, that idea has been out there, and it just has gained more and more traction. Um, as an educator, it's a wonderful thing. I mean, I love working with birds of prey, and I worked with vultures, I worked with hawks, and I worked with you know, owls and stuff. And being around, as I'll note, that you can, when you look at the foot structure, they are dinosaurs. So you just see that. But now with the more research, looking at DNA, looking at internal structures, looking at the fossil evidence, um, I've seen some beautiful specimens that have come to light of dinosaurs and of fully feathered dinosaurs of um, birds that you knew were around with them, but they're, they are terrified. They are this group of advanced dinosaurs, the ones that sort of, as, thing, as evolution moves forward, the animals that 
more and more um, advanced is probably the best term for it. And so it's kind of exciting, and it's neat to see kid, most kids know this. They're fully comfortable with the idea of birds being our advanced dinosaurs. They're the avian dinosaurs. The non-avian are all the ones that weren't in, considered in the bird group. There's a lot of, and it's going to be a, a research for many, many years, where that line that you would call an avian and non-avian is it? You know, archaeopteryx is that a dinosaur with it a non, you know, um, or an avian dinosaur. And but it's neat when you see when you talk to kids about it because they are they're growing up with these concepts. When you bring this up to an adult, a lot of times they're like, see, I thought dinosaurs were kind of reptile, okay, like a crocodile, and that's something we would pump. Um, and that is the other thing is as things move forward, we're learning these things, but we're also having to teach new things. The whole idea that Dinosaurs were a type of reptile. Science don't think that the evidence doesn't show that. It's a different group, dinosauria, but it is one that we, a lot of people grew up with, so it is hard to, to make that leap sometimes for people. New information, learning new math, or new, learning how to use the darn cell phone. I got a, a new phone recently, and it's driving me nuts because it's something new for me to learn. And I'm old. Yes, Charlie, I know. I'm old. <laughs> I didn't say anything. She's just happy yeah. to have someone older than her. Yes, I don't yeah. know what you're talking about. So you mentioned that we had this idea that they were related way back, wasn't it? Was it Huxley? I think it was Huxley, yeah. It was like, hey, I think these are the same thing, or I think birds yeah. and dinosaurs are really closely related. I mean, that was back. He was Darwin's. He was considered oh, yeah. Darwin's bulldog. Yeah. And he came up with this concept. Why did it take so freaking long for well, it to become... Well, uh, acceptable. Well, a lot of it is you, having to get that evidence. As they develop more and more evidence to really, you can come up with a theory, you can come up with an idea, but it really doesn't stick until the evidence is there. Um, there is probably a lot of uh, scientists that would have told you 40 years ago that they're, they're birds, birds of modern time. But not having the evidence, a lot of times they're, they're, they want to wait for it. The one of the beauties of science, science is based not on Ideas is based on the evidence and interpreting it. So even though that that Huxley was probably was right, we now know that he didn't have enough evidence necessarily to confirm it, and that can creates that search for that information, that knowledge, um, and that's really important. It's kind of a neat one when they find more and more information about things. Yeah. Now he might not have the evidence, but he had some sexy mutton chops. Yep. Total catch back in the day. Did he ever marry? Uh, I don't think <laughs> so. Um, for yourself? Yeah, yeah, but, uh, it, it, and I don't think you had a time machine, so you're out of luck. Oh, darn. <laughs> so we mentioned that they figured out they're not reptiles. So what is the difference between reptiles? Well, there's birds? some very basic ones. I mean, there is the there's a lot of morphology that's very different. But one of the basic ones, and I often tell um, the public, this when I'm talking with them, is the idea of where the leg structure is on a reptile and where a dinosaur. Are the legs to the side of the body like an alligator or a lizard, or they under the body like the dinosaur? Um, the neat thing about that is, I mean, there's a lot more detail to it, but that's a good way for a lot of people just to get the basics. Neat thing is when you look at some of the primitive dinosaurs, the early Triassic dinosaurs, some of them sort of had the legs sort of to the side and sort of under, like the coelophysis. So you have an animal that you can see is in in that transition, and then you get to like the raptors and the cretaceous, and you have an animal that is efficient. It is way more advanced than a coelophysis, 
the, the building science company has the seal of flights model, which I love. Mm-hmm. And, but whenever we use them, people often say, oh, they're raptors. Like, no, let's look at the difference because yeah. they really weren't quite that advanced yet. But that difference, that's a very basic one, but it's a very, it's easy one for electrical enchantment. You can right away see that their arms, like, and one of the early dinosaurs that they, they were mounting, when they thought they were reptiles, they went to mount it with the legs to the side, the rib cage was too long, and supposedly they cut the ribs off to make it a bit better. Not the best idea, but sometimes it happens, you're trying to fit it into the model you were looking for, but luckily that is not what stuck our mind. Yeah, that would be your clue, but that might not be yes, correct. That probably would be one of the it's clues. It's physically yeah. impossible for yeah. it your, to move. Your narcissistic need to be correct and yes. not frustrated tells you break the effing bone yeah. and place it where you want it. Yeah. Well, and that is different. We all, honestly, we all do want to be correct. I don't know how many times I, hopefully I'm not as bad as but when I was younger, when I would argue a point, even to the point that I knew I was wrong, but I had to be right. And that's, it's something that I think it's a human thing we do, and luckily, as we get older, or smarter, or we have enough people smack us in the back of the head of mind to stop doing that. So. <laughs> Were the seal of crisis with those ones that's put the water? No. Mm-hmm. Which one's well, the water? Ghost Ranch. Oh uh, my god, yeah. I love seal of crisis. Um, seal of crisis is an amazing dinosaur, um, incredible specimens. The one, the animatronic one that spit the water, and the one in Jurassic Park was the Lophosaurus. And now, and, and that, again, there's absolutely no evidence they spit anything. Um, that is, in the movie, they used it based on some ideas they were trying to. Now, we don't have soft tissue, so we maybe they did. I really doubt it. But, again, um, we don't know that. But it really, there's no evidence of it. The animatronics do it because it matches the movie. It's fun, exciting. The kids get all excited. I actually had a board member many, many years ago um, at an evening event with his glass of red wine and the doubt. Spit up water on it, and he don't do it. He's unhappy about that. Um, but and we weren't, you know, the office didn't laugh. That would oh, be yeah, inappropriate no, to be no, a staff no. member laughing at a board member until he left, and then it was very appropriate at that point. But, um, I hope you never hear this, but uh, but the idea is it was sort of a thing for the movie, um, but it was based on an idea that we weren't really sure how it feels because, um, it's one of those dinos, one of the theropods that have. Very small roots to their teeth, which means if they were to bite something that was moving, the teeth fall out. Mm-hmm. So it's not a hunting mechanism. So they were, how did they do things? Maybe they used acid or venom. Again, it was a, a, a bit of autistic license, but I think as we go forward, we're going to find new things about any of the prehistoric animals that we, as we get more evidence. Probably not spitting water, but you never know. Or acid. Maybe they were tar. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, they have to, for entertainment value, come up with these behaviors because that's something that phones don't always tell us. Yeah, it's a tough one then. We do have some information based on, you know, we have a little bit about motion based on trackways. Um, We may have, we have some information about um, parental care. You know, the Mm -hmm. fact that there's a lot of nests that have been found very clear that that they took care of their young, or certain dinos Mm -hmm. did. Um, and that's always a neat thing to see that because we know birds do that. Most mm-hmm. modern birds take care of their young, and so we, it shows up in the dino in the basic evidence. And then when you take it that step farther, okay, the advanced bird, or birds are advanced dinos, and they take care of their young. So maybe yeah. it must have started much earlier back. But even feathers, um, the idea is that feathers were an adaptation that was not for flight. That was way down the road. It was an adaptation that had other impact. Was it for Camouflage? Was it for keeping the body warm? Was it for 
um, protecting the body by making you look bigger. And we know modern birds use feathers for all kinds of stuff, probably early on with the, with the dinosaurs too. And this, so the very limited information I know about dinosaurs, I feel like are things Carly's told me. Yeah. And now meeting you, it seems like you've learned a lot initially. Yeah. Is were you teaching me something about like the thigh bones and the eggs and the calcium or something That's like a that? Thing that a few back researchers discovered. I do. <laughs> um, that um, that and we jokingly said, but basically until probably ten to ten years ago, we had no evidence of male and female dinosaurs. Obviously, it had to be. I mean, I tell people I'm a geek, but I do know it takes a boy and a girl to make a baby <laughs> in most animals. Yeah, not always. Um, not always, but in most animals. But in dinosaurs. It was really hard to, to look at the structure and say this skeleton is a male, you know. But a, re, a brilliant researcher discovered a structure. Now, when the modern bird is getting ready to lay eggs, you know, they deposit calcium inside the hollow leg bone. They find that same structure in dinosaurs, in theropods, the hollow, you know, the median ones. And that can give us an indication of being a female dinosaur. Challenge sometimes is, A, is it not one that's mature enough to develop the eggs yet? Or is it a, um, is the structure there, like after they lay the eggs, is there still some remnant? And, um, and I think they probably found a lot more newer techniques. I know at the beginning, early on, the only, one of the only ways to tell was to actually thin slice the bone. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people don't want their T-Rex dinosaurs, like bones thin sliced. Yeah. So, um, but the research has really come a long way and they've been able to really definitively tell some good information. And again, it's that thing, as we get more evidence, we can tell the story more and more as they find more about it. So is Sue the T-Rex really a female? Um, uh, I, you know, I don't know the answer to that one. Um, I had heard one way or another way, and I just saw um, a copy of it at my daughter was working at the Indianapolis Children's and they have a replica of Sue. I don't know, I'm my head now. Um, that's why I'm going to get old. Yeah. Isn't there a song though, Boy Named Sue? Oh, yeah. So really, Johnny yeah. Cash, so gender neutral yeah. yeah. name. Yeah. Yeah. And that was a joke a bit at one point in that when we were doing work on Sue. But with the T Rexes, there is some really neat theories that have been thrown around out there about the females being larger than males based on some of the evidence they have. Some of the larger specimens are ones that have the structure in them. And it would make sort of sense yeah. if you've got a, the only main predator probably was T Rexes mm-hmm. on juveniles, and so you've got to be able to protect the young. And so there probably is some, some, I don't know if there's enough data out there to really, well, it takes a long time for anyone to be conclusive. Um, it's kind of interesting when you see uh, groups of paleontologists that have the same data and sometimes they interpret it differently. But that's, again, the beauty of science. And that would line up with like birds of prey a lot of times, the female birds of prey are larger than the males. Yeah, yeah. And that's, and, and again, it is, it follows the bird prey, a modern, you know, dinosaur. Maybe we even started seeing that very early on. And one of the questions I had somebody ask me the day is, you know, the T Rex have feathers. We don't have that evidence yet. Um, there is possibility. There is probably. I'd love to be one day if somebody gets the good evidence there. But there are feathered tyrannosaurs that they have found, not necessarily T Rex. And T Rex is sort of the ultimate of the, of the tyrannosaurids. But some of the earlier ones, I believe they now have some good evidence. And there's a lot of other ones. We do have that really good better imprints. Like your favorite, your tall Yeah. That's another one, yeah. Yeah. Oh. Now I remember what it looks like. I think it was my favorite. I think it no, freaked me out. I didn't like it. I didn't want to remind you mm-hmm. that the feathers freaked you out, but they were very well done feathers. Yeah, oh. they did a great job with yeah. it. I, we, we had a Utah raptor 
zoo. And I remember one of the evening events, we had had it hidden very well into the uh, forest. And so when you came around the path, it, here's this big giant raptor, and its it head swivels toward you, and the feathers rise up. And we were oh, doing an see. evening event, and these adults were coming on the trail, drinking and having a good time. We were in a corner, and one of the adults turned to me and said, you're not alive, right? And I believe to say, How much did he have to drink? Let's see, yeah, well, wait a little bit, but uh, it's kind of a fun thing sometimes when you can kind of squint a little bit to think of you are. Yeah, and just in case you didn't listen to the previous episode, when we're talking about these dinosaurs in um, actuality, we're talking about Billings Productions dinosaurs. So, just wanted to. And really like, I really like working dinosaurs. with them because they are, um, they really are um, very, very enthusiastic about having as scientifically accurate as possible and really working with the partners of theirs, the zoos and the, the different facilities that rent their dinos. Um, they have been just incredible to work with. Now I'm going to play the devil's advocate here. You okay. said teeth. You said dinosaurs have teeth. Yes. Birds don't have teeth. So how Ooh, can you tell me? Ms. Carly, you haven't been doing your research. Well, I have. I'm playing the devil's the advocate. Modern birds don't. But <laughs> some of our early birds, the ones that they, you know, the early bird gets the worm, but they also get the teeth sometimes. Ooh. I actually have some. Um, some of the early ones did. And again, as they were moving forward, we're losing those, you know, those teeth. It was a adaptation that was no longer necessary. Uh, as they move forward. And there's been, a, I was reading a paper a while back, they were talking about some of the ideas why is it a weight issue for flight that you want to move away from these heavy structures because everything's, you know, the more efficient the better. Yeah. And, um, but there are some, some interesting new things that are being developed, but some of the early birds did. Some of the first ones that they started looking at, remember like Archaeopteryx yeah. is a great one, a feathered animal, had the basic wing structure that you needed and still had teeth and bones in the tail. Yeah. And so, as the animals are moving, you know, getting more and more advanced, then you start losing things you know what I mean. Wait, is that how evolution works? I think so. Um, but uh, the great thing about it is it's always moving forward. Yeah. Awesome. So you're telling me that are chickens highly advanced dinosaurs? <laughs> dinosaurs? Yes. Yeah. Well, and even to the point when the last, oh, second to the last time Favardzu did the dinos, our, the exhibit was called The Search for the Last Dinosaurs. And each time the visitor would come to another dino out in the forest, it would say, is this the last dinosaur? And the answer, you know, they'd open up the, the sign or whatever, and, no, this is the dinosaur. And the very last one was a a, a feathered overwrapped chitty patty. Um, and it was completely feathered, and the building company built it for our zoo. They had, you know, it's based on real science, but it was in a chicken yard with live chicken. And so they get to it and say, is this the, the last dinosaur? And they, they, they obviously think yes, and they open up, no, this is an extinct dinosaur. The chickens in the yard are the last, are unwanted dinosaurs, the last yeah. dinosaur. And thank God they lost their teeth. And that's a good one. Yeah, that is I, a very good one. Let's not discredit chickens here, because chickens are badass animals. Oh, yeah. I mean, they are going to be swallowing things like scorpions. That's why they're great to have around. Yeah. And I... I had someone say, my chickens, I've seen them eat mice. Yeah. I mean, they attack like a dinosaur yeah. in precision because they are. Well, and that's the big thing about when you, when, for me at least, as a, being a dino fanatic nerd, um, goofball, um, is I can imagine them, you know, being, that chicken being the size of a T-Rex. Nothing. Um, and, well, yeah, I wouldn't <laughs> want to be the keeper on that one. Um, but, and we always, we all saw a direct question, you know what happened? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but it is the, the idea that you really can envision some of the, the 
can't be. We, we don't know. But but the, the idea of sort of thinking this could be how somebody behaves and developed and everything would be. But we do know the body structure of the modern bird is a network of advanced theropods and nutrients. Now they say, you know, I hear a lot, like the trivial and stuff like that, that the closest modern avian dinosaur related to the non-avian dinosaurs is the chicken. That That is, I think, is just like just for, media hype. Yeah. And, and it's knowing the old idea of the closest relative there isn't one of the closest. They are, you can't really say birds are, this one's a closer. They're dinosaurs. They're right. in the group. And they really need to, at some point, I think we'll have enough evidence and we sort of classify avies, which bird watchers aren't going to like this, but the idea is there'll be a subclass of dinosaurs. And that is where the evidence, I think, is going to really take us. But it's, it's a little more, it's a lot more. I mean, when you talk to some really uh, brilliant paleontologists out there, there's a lot of detail to it. And it's, I love the fact that they're doing that research. For me, as an enthusiast, it's more about understanding some of the basics of it and helping people see the connection to them. Um, when you really look at some of the way we're grouping animals today and this thing. And it's nice to think that it didn't go extinct. We call them birds. Yeah, that'd be great to add to the lifer list. Like, oh, I got the dinosaurs yeah, all checked out. Well, I have a couple of friends who are very big birders with their lifer list, and when I bring up the idea that they're just advanced dinosaurs, they're not so happy to talk. Wait a second, I'm, I, all my life I've been looking at your goofy dinosaurs, I'm a bird watcher. I always tell people that I'm lucky because I am a dinosaur keeper. I, I work with modern birds. Yeah, but I tell people I'm a dinosaur. So yeah. I, I <laughs> but I mean, I look at a roadrunner and mm-hmm. some of the noises and the mm-hmm. movements mm-hmm. that they make. I, how can you not say that's a little dinosaur? Well, I mean, they're literally called raptors, right? Yeah, they're a group of birds. They're raptors. Some of the dinosaur noises they use, we don't know the noises of the dinosaur, but the, we add noises or Billings add noises to a lot of it. Uh, their dinos, and sometimes they often use um, birds. Um, they'll they'll use some of the birds screeching, some of the sounds. And I'll have people ask, "How do you know the sound?" Oh, we don't know that yet. Um, maybe will we know? That? I don't know. Um, they're amazing stuff. They're leaps and bounds of being amazing and everything. Um, the best question that I usually get the very end is somebody will say, "Will they ever be able to make a draft? You know, recreate dinosaur giraffe part?" And my answer generally is, "I have no idea." And I don't know if it's, if I said the question also should be should we? I have no idea on that answer. But I do know if they do, I'll be the first to pay to go to the studio. <laughs> do we uh, learn nothing from the movies? <laughs> you will never learn no, anything. No, what I, we need to remember is from the movie, it's not having to outrun the dinos, just outrun the people you're with. Yes. And they're good. Now, speaking of Jurassic Park and the noises that they put in, myth or fact, would they use the sound of mating tortoises for one of the dinosaurs? I don't know the answer to that, but I bet we can find that out. Yeah, um, and there are some odd sounds. We do. One of the dinosaurs did use some noises of gators mm-hmm. and the grunts and the baby the gators, and that was a problem once in one of the displays because the, the dinosaur was put near a pond and it kept attracting the big adult gators. Oh. We know that the juvenile gators, when they will do that, when they make that sound, so they had to move it. Yeah. Um, and so that is sometimes. You know, where they, uh, some unusual things happen when, when working with nature and things like that. 
Let's talk about feathers. Yeah, because I have a bird question. That okay. I'll come up with so the feathers evolved quite significantly from the non-avian to the avian dinosaurs. Yes. What were the feathers that they have found um, evidence they, of? They like? have some neat, and, and it escapes me at the moment. There is a, a proto feather in one of the early feathers. There's a term they use for it. And again, if I had some of the, the volunteers from the lab, Aiden or Aaron, who would probably ring up, throw it right Should out. They really him. know their, their dino. So, and I don't top my name, but it is a very primitive form of feathers, pin feathers, and eventually some of the proto feathers, they find some, and the beauty of it, they often find the imprint in sandstone or sandstone layers because the fine grained, um, uh, sandstone tends to get really good detail. And so you've got, you know, we've, over the, the, the past hundred years, they found quite a few imprints of like the scales or, or the pattern of the scale imprint and now they've found the feather um, imprint in there and the feathers have gotten more and more advanced as time goes by just like even some of them from birds now you think about the diversity of bird feathers in modern birds imagine if you could look back and get the diversity now and then keep looking all the way back to the diversity of feathers over the last what, 80 million years that would be incredible because some of the early and, and the bird feather, the modern bird feather is related to the structure of a scale or of other skin coverings that were way farther back. Yeah. Is and it all impressions that are found? Like there wouldn't be actual feathers that well, would still be around? I would, have, I would have said yes, it's all impressions. Until recently, there's been a few um, specimens that I think are still being researched quite a bit, but there's one. An, an amber specimen, they believe, may have been from the dinosaur from uh, Southeast Asia, and it has feathers in the amber, and which is pretty incredible. Um, I I haven't seen anything recently if they've done any, any more testing on it, but it sounds like they had some pretty good solid evidence. It was real, and it was a feather that was impugned in, in amber from that time period, which is incredible in my mind. But the detail even in the feathers uh, from the imprint is really incredible also. Now, they also have been doing a lot of research on being able to tell the colors, etc. Yes. Um, the neat thing about it is my entire career, you know, I would have, as an educator, people, kids, adults say, well, how do you know the colors on them? And the answer was we didn't. Um, we, we, we just come up with some ideas we have. For all we know, they could have all been purple and pink. Mm -hmm. I hope not, but they could have been. But... Yeah, and so, and I would tell kids or adults, oh, we'll never know the color. Well, I was wrong, mm -hmm. because there are some really scientists out there, and one, some of them have developed a technique using, I believe, the electron microscope, where they're looking at the imprint of the feathers from some of these dinos, and the pigment structure shows up in that imprint. And it's, yeah, it's very specific equipment, but it's, they have been able to get the colors on a few of the, usually the fully feathered smaller micro raptors and some of the smaller dinosaurs, but we actually know the colors of a few of the dinosaurs. Does that mean we'll have the colors of the Well, I don't want to say that. Never I, say I, never. I, I, You're going to be wrong It really again. is. It, that, but that's a great, great thing to tell kids that what we know now, you guys may know so much more as we discover new evidence, and that's what a lot of these researchers, brilliant researchers, who are, are often probably tell, yeah, that's really not something I'm going to figure out. And then they do. What an incredible opportunity as they move forward. And, it, and it's tested over and over to make sure and to, you know, <clears throat> science, you know, we, we test over and over until we get to 
but we they actually know the actual colors of I believe, and I'm not sure on this one, but I believe at this point it's four different small uh, dinosaurs they have. Wow. And that really brings it back to what we were also talking about is behavior and how it's it's hard to know what kind of behavior is based on a lot of fossil evidence. Yes. But if you know the colors of feathers, you're learning a lot about that's the behaviors exactly. of those animals. Yeah, it gives you a nice uh, look at some of them that way. And so that's kind of neat. And we well, we do know the colors of some other ones. We know Barney was purple. Yes. And that one we know red. But some of the other ones, we, but these are ones we have some very good uh, evidence when we start seeing that. And and because it, it really does make this never say never. Um, somebody said, um, are we going to, you know, we weren't sure about male, female. Now we have some evidence and helps us with that. The coloration. There's a lot we're learning as we go by, um, that we, 100 years ago, 50 years, 20 years ago, we didn't find it, we didn't know, but now as we find the evidence, we find the information. And I think find it interesting. A lot of people think they, they put all dinosaurs in the same box, like, oh, they were, all acted this way, but you look at modern birds, your avian dinosaurs, and a hummingbird is not going to act the same way as a bird of prey. So why would it be any different in the dinosaur world? Well, even when you have somebody saying, "Well, why are there so many different weird shapes and sizes?" You know, they were one of the most dominant animals on Earth for like 165 million years. That's in a huge span, yeah. and they went through a lot of changes. You know, we all. Every, most people know about the final extinction event 66 million years ago, the dinosaurs. But that occurred a couple of times, extinction events. And so they sort of reset um, the whole, uh, I don't know, ecosystem maybe. Um, and you have a lot of very, and you're right, the, dino, the, the diversity of dinos is amazing. And that's the other fun thing. You, know, you can get tiny, tiny little dinos, like the biggest they ever got. You have massive dinos that are. It just mind, you know, boggling when you see how big they were. But they were here for such a long time that they really did expand into all kinds of um, different niches in the environment. It doesn't seem like that big of a stretch because if you just look at current mammals, like you have blue yeah. whales and you have teeny tiny little rodents, and yeah. like everything is a mammal. And when you look at the evolution of whales, how they they basically all whales in the ocean all came from a common ancestor that was a wolf-like creature that lived on the coast. That's just, I mean, it, it, that's another one. For me, when I've, I've seen a lot of the fossil evidence that some of the, you know, um, some of the museums have on display, it's amazing. And it's very clear. I mean, it's got a really big, big picture, but it's not what we would expect it to know. So let's talk about the extinction event and why the avian dinosaurs ended up coming out on top. There's, and it's neat, it's great to always read about because there's a lot of theories out there, a lot of uh, evidence, a lot of unknowns, a lot of, a lot of, um, I've, I've listened to different uh, paleontology researchers that will, you know, go in one direction based on their evidence. And one of the things that we do know is certain, not only guys, but 70, I think it was, you know, like 70% of all life on Earth was gone. I mean, whatever the event was, whatever was, you know, we often hear people talking about, well, the species were disappearing already. That's an arguable thing. I mean, I've heard both ways where they were, or they just, we weren't just finding as much about it because we haven't found any fossil records. The challenge with the fossil record is there's only so much of the record that we have. And, but we do know a lot of types of animals disappeared at that moment. Um, and, Birds, for some reason, were one of those ones that made it past it. 
there's been some recent uh, DNA research looking at common ancestry, and I don't know the exact, but it's a very, very small number of birds probably made it through, the species made it through that event. And then we have this incredible radiation of all the different types, but it's, there's only a few of them. And I believe the one paper was talking about there's most of them have a common ancestor that from that event. And then there's one line of birds that really is completely different as if it was already broken off from that tree before the event. And that's the, the South American bird, um, the Watson, uh, very different uh, body structure, very different DNA than a lot of other birds on earth. And which is kind of neat because then this may have been a bird that was already its own lineage before that event occurred. Whereas a lot of the other birds, even though we've got birds of prey, we've got little songbirds, we've got turkeys, we've got ostrich, they have, most of them have a pretty common ancestor way back around the during that time of the extinction event. Now, was Archaeopteryx considered a common ancestor? I don't think it's considered a common ancestor, but it's one of the root ancestors, one of the farther back. I don't, um, I'm not really up to date on some of the newest stuff when they're looking at the birds. I know they've done a lot more research. Archaeopteryx, um, used to be called the early, you know, the first right. bird, and that's no longer the right. case. Um, and there are some earlier birds that showed up in the fossil record, ones that we would call within that language. But the Archaeopteryx was a great, Sort of a beginning point um, to really get a lot of uh, scientists looking at um, the the commonality between dinos and birds, and looking at some of that common ancestors. It wasn't the bird, you know, uh, as it was at one time, but now it is one that started more searching. So they've got kind of inspired that, yeah, yeah, like, no, this is really yeah. we got to look into this a little bit more. And I've seen a few um, recreations of 3D, you know, like of taxonomy models of uh, it's pretty amazing to see it. So, pretty neat. Um, we have a lot of uh, good data, I think, because the specimens, some of the specimens were so well preserved. Now, are they finding a lot of the common ancestors or a lot of the ones that are like, oh, it's you know. An avian or non-avian? Are they finding them in certain locations in the country? Well, and some of it is the they, they have um, some areas, and it's, they probably were very widespread, but some areas were better for a fossil, mm -hmm. the, the, the development of the fossil fossilization, and some of it was the detail from the fine sands gets better detail. You've got some that were formed in, you know, their, their bottom of the lake or in a iron you may not get the same detail, mm -hmm. uh, and that's a challenge. I've seen um, uh, dino bones that are from the same species or similar species, but look very different because this, one of them was, was preserved in this mineral, this one was preserved in sandstone, so you get much finer detail. Same with the, um, so there there are certain areas they have found more, but it's the, because we can get better detail. A lot of the Chinese specimens are like that, I think. So, I know you said that, I'm going to say it wrong, but you said like the birds of prey would be like a pterosaur? No, that's a good, yeah, good and that's a neat one, and it's one that we often bring up with kids and adults, that the pterosaurs were not dinosaurs. They were a different group, but they were flying reptiles. They were, they lived with the dinosaurs same time period, but pterosaurs, which luckily used to call them pterodactyls and stuff, mm -hmm. but that group is actually a reptile group that lived during that time period, but they were not true dinosaurs. Okay. Same with the uh, animals. A lot of times people say, well, what about the dinosaurs that lived in the ocean? Well, there were no dinosaurs. Those were like the Mosasaur and the you know, Plesiosaur. 
those were marine reptiles. They were true reptiles. Um, they were not true dinosaurs. It was a different group of animals. But most of us grew up with the bag of toy dinos, and that's that Mosasaur, and you have the Dimetrodon, which is also not a dino, and the you Pterosaur. Know, those are prehistoric animals that lived during the same time period, but they are in, again, the body structure is different from a dinosaur. So, dinosaur. did, like, that would be like a pterodactyl, would yes, be a or, reptile. Yeah, yes. Did they also have feathers? No. Okay. That's the neat thing about it. They have a very different body structure, and, a, and they believe even the bone structure was slightly different, the way it was moving. Um, and that, the pterosaurs are a tough group. I mean, there's some beautiful specimens out there, but they, again, another very thin bone animal, so they're Fossils are few and far between because the they don't have a good dense bone. It sometimes makes it much harder to survive through the process. Okay. Another question. <laughs> what about like ratites, like ostrich and rhea and everything? So they have the, the like crazy yeah. and claws and everything. And the neat thing about this, here you have these ratites with these, which if you really look at it, like a person with absolutely no science, no experience. And you were to put a ostrich over here, a chicken, and a and an eagle. A lot of times you look at them, these are not related animals because they are so different, and they're, the way they're they are a common ancestor, but they do really look. But it's again, as these animals radiated out, they really did. I mean, to me, it's a beautiful evidence for evolution because it's showing the diversity of them as they came out, as they developed, and they are the same group of animals, but they have very, very different adaptations for very different vultures. Um, you know, an ostrich and an eagle have quite a bit different animals there, but they are birds. And so, earlier on, that rat types, um, that's not like they didn't come from a, a different dinosaur, you know, ancestor. They had that common ancestor and then they spread out. I, I look at Chittapati that you mentioned yeah. and look at like, the cassowary and yeah. the similarities. And it really does neat, but again, um, that is like looking at a triceratops and a lion and oh, that's kind of they don't want but they really are, um, and with, with those, the good thing about Chita, that is a theropod, that was a, that ancestral group of our modern birds. Yeah, but yeah, even the, the fossils that they found of them on oh, the yeah. nests and, yeah. I mean. I, um, many years ago, I cleaned a, a foot of a casket that had passed away at a zoo. And uh, they wanted to use for education. And when they were doing it, the, I remember cleaning it and thinking, I'm, I'm cleaning the foot of a therapy dinosaur. This isn't a therapy foot. Why did they give me, you know, because the bone structure not similar. It, it looks the same. Um, yeah. Obviously, it was modern, like, in bone, but it did look just like some of the dinosaur children that I feel like that's a... For me, at least, that's like an easier connection. If I look at like a ratite, a cassowary, an yeah, ostrich, yeah. they look prehistoric they do, they and do. scary. Yeah. Instead of looking at a penguin and going, dinosaur. Oh, <laughs> yeah. There you go. Or a tiny little, uh, you know, hummingbird or whatever. Yeah, actually, no. I look at a hummingbird and I know that had to be a dinosaur. I, someone told me once, I'm so glad hummingbirds are the size they are because they are so fierce. If they were oh, bigger, right. we would all be in trouble. Yep, 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 <laughs> that yep. is a tiny little flying dinosaur. A lot of energy behind that animal. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Well, I I hope Huxley is somewhere um, jumping up and down, delighted that his idea came to life. But he didn't believe in any of that afterlife stuff. So, yeah, so I I, maybe not. not but, but it's neat to know <laughs> that um, 
sometimes some of these ideas and even some ideas that come out now that we may not have the evidence for 100 years from now, maybe we will. And, and those ideas will be relooked at and finally have the evidence to kind of solidify it. There's some, um, some scientists out there that, um, one friend of mine who, who really looked at the sauropods and was, uh, grouping three, three species into one based on male, female, and, uh, juvenile. And, you know, it's not been accepted at all. I think he's right. And maybe in the future when there's evidence and somebody will be able to relook at that. Well, maybe, maybe we'll find evidence to show it's not. Yeah. Never say never. Say so wait and see. Wait and see. Let our girl find the answer because we need yeah. somebody out there. The best thing is I love to remind kids especially, if you're really passionate about dinosaurs or paleontological fossils and you want to do that, you're like, do it. Right. Don't, I mean, people say, oh, there isn't a job. There's a job. You have to go with it. Just like zookeeping. We all know that if you want to be in the field, you do it. Pursue your passion. But understand, sometimes you have to go where the job is. And the job entails not maybe in Montana, maybe working with a team of scientists in Mongolia or something else. But if it's something you want to do, follow your dream. And that's the kind of cool thing. I got, it took me a long time to get back to my dino dream, but I'm getting a chance to uh, work to, back in there again. Seems to be the, our recurrent theme. Yeah. 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 It, it is. It seems like the more people that we wrangle into talking to us, the more really people do something that they think is their dream and it's a really awesome job. But then as time goes on, that dream, like it evolves much like dinosaurs into birds. Yeah. 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 And it's a new dream. I keep telling people I haven't figured out what I'm going to do when I grow up, but I'm working on it. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming back. I really enjoyed this. Yeah. Talking about. The fact that we're doing this, I'm looking at, Carly's um, little baby <laughs> mammoth jaw sitting on the table here. Oh uh, yeah, and then I, I, you know, this is the dollhouse is really small. I got to get more space for the rest of my fossils. But yeah, I got some up there. I love my little suits for my glyptodons. Yeah, yeah. my true passion is the uh, megafauna of Pleistocene. There you go. So, there you go. Yeah. Well, they're latecomers, you know. <laughs> But you talk about comparing animal to animal, they're a great one. Well, they are, they are, and they, and they are more, more close to a lot of our modern animals we have in zoo collections, um, are connected to the plant. And one of the great things when I started at Brevard Zoo, I went into the, the taper yard where we had South American tapers, and the yard when they were building it was too wet and they had to bring shell fill in it. And as we're spreading this out in the taper yard, I find a fossil paper too from a caper that lived here in Florida. And it was just such an amazing thing to hold this tooth and go, that's the same kind of tooth that that guy over there has. Yeah. So it was kind of neat, neat experience to see that. So you're right, it's a little bit, place to see me, it's a little bit, he's a little closer. Yeah. You know? And unlike dinosaurs, humans were around during that's true. Yeah, that's time. Yeah. Scene, so. That is very true. It's a great human conservation connection as well. It's yeah. what I love teaching about. But this isn't about me. This is about you and dinosaurs. That's it. Lots of dinos. Avian and non-avian dinosaurs. So, but yes, thanks again for oh, coming and chatting with us. It's great to come out here and talk to you. Thanks for teaching me so much. That's good. <laughs> it's always fun to have somebody that wants to, to learn new stuff. And all of us, you know, to me, if you're not learning, you're doing Right. We'll end at that. If you're not learning, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> You're in your passive young lady. <laughs> <laughs>